Oh, let me just scroll up for a second. Okay. Faster. Faster. We're going down on South Park. Come on, let's make some time. We're going down on South Park. We'll leave you feeling fine. Strap on those headphones. We'll worm into your brain. Once our lips reveal those tips, you'll never be the same. We're going down on South Park. You'll moan until you whine. We're going down on South Park. This is our final rhyme. That was our final rhyme. Heidi ho all my little South Parketeers. Welcome to Going Down on South Park. I'm not Sean O'Brien. I'm yeah. just trying to be him. That sounded extremely condescending. I was trying my best. Patronizing even? Oh, God. I really was trying, in Wait, all honesty. Is it patronizing or patronizing? It's either. No, one's when you like buy something from someone. The other's when you like talk down and mock them. Well, I was probably not buying something from Mr. Sean O'Brien. O'Brien would know the difference. Yeah. Either way, he's not here today, so I'll introduce myself. I'm Joey Bonnier. And with us, as always, Sean Fall. is Sean Fall. Hello. So uh, here's what we're doing. We're doing another episode, and sorry to disappoint you, just like maybe this episode did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here it is, uh, season two, episode one of South Park. Not without my anus. Not without my anus. It was uh, first aired on April 1st, 1998. And um, safe to say that this one uh, was a big disappointment for fans. Um, at the time, yeah. I, feel, I remember this being such a huge-ass controversy. And uh, that I didn't really mind all that much, but I was also like fucking 10. Well, yeah. I mean, it was I, just a giant cock tease. What was the, actual, what was the date again? April 1st. Yeah, uh, April it was Fools, April Fools. 1998. Yeah. So the, the next episode doesn't come out for like a few months after this, right? They like, said a couple weeks at the end of this, in the, in the episode. Gotcha. I, I, I thought it was out of time. That, April 22nd is the Yeah, next. so th I, I guess this is kind of a, a, a bit of a, a rushed episode to specifically nail the April Fool's joke, but... Uh, what do you think of it? Do you like it? Um, were you pissed? I you like, were pissed at the time, but do you, I don't know, uh, do you yeah, enjoy it I, as an episode? I think I was disappointed at the time. Um, I, I like it in the you know twenty year scope of the Andy Kaufman esque sort of uh, fuck with your audience thing. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely remember being disappointed with uh, I, the episode. Now that looking back on it, I mean, it's such a fucking risk because I'm like we're yeah. looking at it's like the fourteenth episode of the entire series. Yeah, it's the first episode of season two. Yeah, it's like, such an important like. Uh, Commercially, from any standpoint, you know what yeah. I mean? To try to, you know, do your sophomore season and try to come off on a good foot. It's just so well, risky. Think, in exactly. Ways. And I, I think they were, well, because I don't think they came from TV. So it, it didn't, I don't think it seemed like as much of a risk for them. It was just kind of like how they would do things. But like in, in the world of TV, it's just so rare to be able to make a pilot. Then it's so rare for that pilot to get to the air. Yeah. Then it's so rare for that pilot to become a season. And then it's so much rarer for a season to go into season two. And so like most people are not not going to uh, spoil that opportunity is in uh, like basically just spit in the face of your audience and give, build something up specifically and give them nothing of it. A lot of the critics said that it was like a turning point, like it separated the true fans from whatever. And um, supposedly there was up to 2000 uh, um, letters that were sent to Comedy Central. Really? Complaints. Oh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, that seems like a lot for, you know, in the 90s. So, I guess I'm just saying. But the people that liked it wouldn't write letters. Of course. It's always yeah. those douchey people. Um, but the whole point is, I don't know. I, I actually 
appreciate it a whole lot more now. Watching it now, yeah. I think there's actually kind of some funny stuff. In well, because we can fucking binge and we can watch episode two right now if we want to. I'll like, tell you what, though, this also this episode, if you break it down, was specifically Canadian, and mm-hmm. like I didn't get a lot of the jokes about Canada. I still don't get a lot of these jokes about Canada, mm-hmm. but being an older thirty year old as opposed to a ten year old, twelve year old, there are a lot of stuff in there I missed. It's just like that's clear. So. Mm-hmm. I do like, I like this episode. I kind of like Terrence and Philip a little bit more. Obviously, you know, it, it, you, the jokes get a little wearing, I would say. <laughs> even uh, even though it's like meta, they're supposed to be that way, but. Exactly. It's that whole repetition is humor thing. Like, you know, it's the uh, uh, family guy stubs his knee and says, ow, 20 times. And then the 21st time it's funny again. And, yeah. I, and I do laugh at those and I still think it's funny. So, um I like this episode. I don't think it was one of their best, honestly. I do think it was some sort of rush job, but it's it, it it's not wasn't. their best, but it is uh, certainly an achievement from, like I said, that that macroscopic view. I agree, as a, as just like a risk. Yeah, as, as like an artistic sort of uh, yeah, yeah. move or you know performance piece. I guess it's I don't know, just like the the entire idea of you know spending so much. Well, I guess they didn't really spend time cultivating an audience, but there there was definitely an audience built within the first season, which is why they you know rushed to have an episode for season two in April when the show just had premiered in like September. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh it's amazing. Okay, let's move on to uh <laughs> some uh something Sean O'Brien would like, which is be uh, you know, the themes or the cultural relevance. Do you want to talk about any of that? Um, well, uh as you had mentioned, there were some like uh pre nine eleven Saddam things going on oh, there. Oh yeah. Gotta and, talk about that. Yeah, and then there's the uh the uh what is it? Not without my daughter is essentially what the the setup is based on. But oh, okay. they kind of uh, ditch that within the first, you know, twenty seconds or I, mean, uh, ten minutes. I guess. Do you mean the Terrence and, and Celine Dion's relationship and all? That? Uh, no, no, just the the going to uh, was it a run to get yeah, the yeah. baby and then it's Celine Dion's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, going to get going to get the daughter, but then they like abandon that within like the first, you know, <laughs> the five minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, I actually thought there was some funny, great moments. Uh, we'll guess we'll get to them in a second. But I think the, the cultural relevance of Saddam Hussein was kind of was super interesting to me. Just like the idea of seeing Saddam before any of 9-11 or, you know, the invasion in Iraq. It wasn't even, it's like no one thought of that yet. So it's kind of interesting just to look at our modern view of this. I know we've mentioned this a number of times and I always forget. When was the movie? That was after season two? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So we're still talking pre-2000. Right on. Was Saddam in season one? That's a good question. I think yes. I forget. Wow, it hmm. hasn't been that long, but yeah, maybe this is first instance. <laughs> and I just need to look it up. But the point is, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting looking back and seeing him as a dictator and how we did view him as a kind of a villain in general. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know. Was there a modern? I thought there's there another person who we think about that today who's like. Vladdy Poots. I mean, that's the, that's the current, I mean, uh, essentially America always needs an enemy. And that was definitely something I was uh, keenly aware of at this point in history. Should have read 1984. Uh, Indeed. Uh, We have always been at war with East Asia. Um, But the, 
you know, Saddam was kind of like that placeholder that we had as like kind of a villain left over from G-Dub one and I'm sorry, uh, G- George Bush one. And then, you sure. know, and he had a recurring element and like the father son stuff too. So it was very epic and biblical. Exactly. Yeah. But he, he was no like, um, you know, in the, uh, in the seventies and eighties, we had, you know, the Ayatollahs and the fucking, uh, Mr. Gorbachev tearing on this wall. And like, we had like real enemies and that during the Clinton administration, it was kind of like, you know, a peaceful, happy time. And there weren't really like big enemies. Sure. We dropped some bombs on people, but, uh, there wasn't like a, uh, <laughs> okay, easy for you to say the bomb wasn't dropped on you. Okay. Well, no, no, no. I mean like we did, we, right. you know, we got into like skirmishes, we got into like fights, but we didn't have like a cold war. You know we what? didn't have like the Germans That's to fight against. True to an extent. Actually, what I would like to, I'll, I'll look at the statistics later, but I wonder the Bosnia, com- you know, the whole conflict there. That, if, that's again, gotta that, be a lot of casualties well yeah but that was like one of many and we had just come out of this cold war thing where like it was the Russians the Russians were the bad guy and everyone that was bad was part of the Russians sure. but then all of a sudden everything was fractured and fractioned and like everything was just kind of like uh, terrorist okay bad guy you know it, and then you know 2001 and then everything flipped on terrorism okay I, I don't know how we got any of that out. No, I think you're actually kind of on point there. I don't disagree with that. I just think we should move on to favorite moments. Mm. <laughs> Do you have any favorite moments? <laughs> um, I, I really like when uh, Celine Dion takes the bag off of Ugly Bob's face. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Ugly Bob, man. That's a funny joke. That's I, awesome. I forgot how good that was. And yeah. I like Scott. Scott's great. That's Scott. He's a dick. Yeah, there's just <laughs> some funny stuff in this. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just forgot. And the whole Saddam Hussein is great, too. He's just a great character. And um, yeah, I don't know. The farting, yeah, I guess I'm, not, I'm a little tired of it, obviously, but... Yeah, it's, everything else is pretty funny. Uh, the farting starts out strong in the courtroom, and then it does definitely get old. And you know, the fact that they save the or save Canada with farting is definitely uh, <laughs> a, at least uh, I don't know satisfying, if not funny. I yeah, I didn't mind the end one. That was fine. That was good. Uh, I also just liked the song "Oh Canada." I noticed that. I just want to say, <laughs> not a bad anthem. You know a what? Decent I'll, little riff. I'll give it a B, B plus anthem. Solid. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like I love to hear Celine Dion sing for sure, but you know, it's not. Like it was I'm worth, sure it was Trey. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm just saying in general, if I had to hear it, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a decent one to hear. Did you notice Celine's head flaps different than everyone else? I did. She had like three dimensionality to her head flap, yeah. whereas like everyone else is like straight up. I and noticed down. that because I was looking at her, like her head flapped like an angle, so you saw yeah. like, the inside of exactly. like her flappy head. I was kind of like grotesque. Is that like a commentary on like being able to see down her throat when she sings? Oh or? wow! You know what? That's funny. That's probably it. That she is, just opens she, her mouth she, super wide when she sings. I I assume she's one of those. I've never like watched her sing. I don't, really? Well, I mean, maybe when I was twelve, but it's been a long time since I've okay. imbibed any Celine Dion. It's just those music videos have you know, imbibed into my brain. Um, well, <laughs> I actively avoided anything Titanic related. That's impressive to even try to do that back in 1997 or whatever. Uh, well, Titanic came out when I was in junior high. So like, you know, every junior high girl saw Titanic 12 and times in the theater. you were absolutely repellent to every junior high girl. <laughs> I'm repellent to all girls, <laughs> women, I should say. Well, that's why I'm repellent, huh? Repugnant and all of the above. Um, where were we? So, any specific other ones, favorite moments you got? Um, honestly, it all kind of blends. Like the this episode is kind of like, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's just like it's monotone. It's almost, I guess, because 
it doesn't involve the boys. We're just not uh, like drawn into this episode. It's yeah. It's very like it, it feels like you're observing. It feels like it's a uh, a reality show or something. It just it doesn't have the um, the the sort of audience connection that the standard episodes do. For sure, um, I think that's true. Uh, I, I gotta say, it's just I, it is enjoyable, but I I really just like Trey and Matt and their style and everything. They do so much that yeah, I guess I'm kind of biased in the sense. I just gotta simply say that, and I do understand actually fans being pissed. That's I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't understand all the crazy outrage, but it's annoying because it's it's purposely fucking with your fans, which I get is a funny joke, and I actually. I like it. I think it's actually overall very funny. You know, I just, I understand where the fans are coming from, I guess. That's all. I think we also have to kind of put this in context too. The idea that this was 1998, was it? 99? Yeah. So, you know, this is like uh, the internet uh, video is a postage stamp of like three frames a second. You're, you know, people aren't able to download South Park and and watch it. Right. We we don't we haven't really even been introduced to the binge culture. So you know, TiVo was barely a thing at this point. So the yeah. idea that like this show was building its or building this episode up for at least a week ahead of time, if not further. You know, you you this was in a time when people actually watched commercials. I haven't watched. A commercial in probably 10 years now well you know give or take uh but i ideally i, I or i should say regularly okay. but back, you know in 1999 we were we had no choice so there sure. was this this sort of anticipation that was intentionally built up over that time and you know cartman's father cartman's father it's, it's all going to be released there it is exactly father. yeah all of that was was very uh i remember prominent uh, prominently talked about and you know to get that episode and then have to wait 3 weeks or whatever it is for the next episode which kind of gives it as, as an answer but we'll talk about that next week i guess <laughs> uh, no spoilers um, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just such an interesting move in, in many ways. It's gotta be, you know, it just takes honestly cojones balls. It's just really to throw yourself out there like that on a young show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is they knew they were the phenomenon right now. They, it, it, there was a time to take a risk. It was kind of like this when they were kind of riding oh, yeah. the way. They were the right time for the right place. And yeah. I mean, you know, they were, uh, the biggest stars on a new fledgling network. Yeah, they they were you know they and they wrote their own checks at that point. Uh, you know everyone. Well, I don't know. First season. What's the? Yeah, I feel like first season they were already fucking. Oh, yeah, they By they far. owned Comedy Central essentially, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. And this is don't yeah this is second season already, so it's it's getting there. Yeah. I, I mean, they were kings, and and honestly, we forget how kind of they were kind of pop culturey too, because they would show up to like the Grammys, you know, and the Emmys and the Oscars on acid and and mushrooms and stuff. That's true, and basketball would have been in this area too, because sure. well, basketball was before Bigger, Longer, Uncut, right? I th- don't, so I don't know, maybe not, but I'll, I'll check that. But yeah, I either way, it's right around ninety eight, ninety nine, I would guess. Yeah, it, it would it would have to be because I mean that would be well, I I mean if they ninety eight. So 98, yeah. yeah. July 98. So it's a couple months after the, well, it's in the middle of the So they filmed one. it in like the, what, three months between the end of season one and the beginning of season two? I guess so. Like, I yeah. I mean, they were, you know, trying to ride that thing. And, and that had some, you know, be decent stars, not huge ones, but at the time, you know, Jenny McCarthy, whatever, Yasmin Bleeth. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so 90s. Um, but I still like the movie. Uh, 
I think lazy boy. looking back, it's such an easier, it's an easier uh, view. It's it's just a, you know what I mean? And when you're there, you're kind of annoyed. I think when you're like 10 years apart yeah. from it, it's, it's awesome. It's a cool little artistic risk and you kind of like the episode. So I don't know. Uh, it's tough to say. Yeah, no, I just think the the perspective we have of television watching has changed. You know, it, back when this happened, yeah, it was everything. Yeah, you you had no choice but to wait. And because this episode didn't deliver, it's not like you could go onto Netflix and just watch anything or watch right. something even good. You were stuck with Jerry Springer for the next week until you fucking had uh, you know a good dose of South Park for you. Yeah, I remember how bad it was when TV was. In it. We thought it was amazing, but it was not. We still only. I mean, it was better than having six channels in what was the eighties, right? In the early nineties, but we had like you know we only had like eighty, and they were all pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah. When you well, that was back in the day that that glorious time before digital cable, where you could actually channel surf and you could actually like mm. hit the button fast enough and like. Uh, those were the days. <laughs> yeah, now you need a, a TV guide, and it takes fucking thirty seconds for every station. Remember nineties? Exactly. The future is stupid. Yeah. All right. Is that uh, anything else we got to go for? Let's see. I'm, I'm I'm tapped. I did my favorite moments. I'm trying to cover everything I need to cover. I think we did it. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, you want to yeah, for a little no, while? this was, yeah, like I said, this was the, uh, just, it's not a noteworthy episode other than really it's time and it's place. And it's like flushing out. We of should Karen's talk about Canada. We didn't really talk about Canada. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about Canada? Um, I've been there once. Really? It was all right. Tell me about it. Oh, no, I passed through there for three days on my way to Alaska. Oh, okay. I've been to Canada a couple of times. It was clean. I've been to Montreal and Toronto. Hmm. Um, I like Montreal. It's a very nice city, but it's very French in that the people are kind of not happy you're there. Yeah, I got yelled at, a lady, I got yelled at by a lady for sitting in a parked idling car. Hmm. In front of her house? No, we were in the park. In the park? Yeah. Cause like they, were you, did she think you were smoking or something? No, no. The the uh, the like we were walking, or my buddy was just walking his dog, but uh, like we were on our way out of the city. Everything was just kind of packed up, and he had to walk the dog one last time and left the car running. I think that's kind of in um, a side effect of being very polite. Is that when you're polite, you're also very in touch with your community and like they're like you're willing to kind of approach a stranger and say things to them whether part of politeness is correcting people that are not polite i'll buy that (laughs) i think whatever yeah i'll get i say that i mean it sounds rude because i don't want to discourage being polite (laughs) but uh you know i I, it's a difference between us and canadians i think They, they definitely do have a different mindset of uh personal interactions well not a different completely but you can see their personal inter interactions in their community, I think are slightly different. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I spent those three days in Vancouver and it was, it had much more of a, uh, small town vibe, even though it is a big city. Like, you know, I, I felt like, you know, when you go into the gas station, the guy wants to have a conversation with you. And, you know, when you're like walking down the street, people say, Hey, how are you? And I like, think that's, it, and it makes them a good punching bag, honestly, yeah. it's because they honestly have a good sense of humor. And also we have a lot of Canadians who are just simply, you know, been in American spotlights for years. So I think that's, 
I don't know. It's definitely allowed us to kind of make fun of them as much as they make fun of us, I guess. But it's, uh, I don't know. It feels like a one-way street, definitely. We punch on them more. Yeah, certainly. Um, Even though, you know, you should punch upwards. Well, and that's the thing, though. Like, we use them as a comedic punching bag, whereas they use us as a, we use them as a comedic punchline. They use us as a a, a warning, <laughs> a uh, a. Uh, a morality tale a you know this God is what can, yeah this is what can happen when you when you let your country go to go to shit you Makes know sense. if everyone's got guns and no one's got health care you yeah. get america or like the bigger brother who's like 10 years older but he's been through some bad stuff exactly yeah yeah, yeah. we're in and out of rehab and yeah. uh, they're like ooh, we we know what, to, what not to do yeah exactly that's that's canada okay that's but, fair. but did we get anything uh any development out of terrence and philip do you think in this episode i Was, do I mean, well, not a ton, but we got to kind of hear them in the, in the court. Like, they're more, before it really was just fart jokes. Like, I don't think there was yeah. anything else. Now they kind of have personalities and characters. Uh, would you, is there a difference between Terrence and Philip? Well, ter- is there an identifiable character trait? Well, honestly, I forget which one has which, but there are some stuff. Like, like one of them thought they were gay or didn't think they were gay. Like, that was pretty funny. And then one moment, like you know, one and Terrence is married to Celine Dion, so that's a whole thing. He's got a kid, <laughs> you know. That changes a man, I suppose. Yeah. Married to being Celine Dion, like that's a, you know, that's a life changing event. Shouldn't he be in Sonically. Vegas then? What? <laughs> Shouldn't they be in Vegas? Is she in Vegas now? Oh yeah. Oh, was that in not that, not twenty years ago though? Maybe it was. I'm sure it was at some point. I don't know if it still is. Maybe I'm pretty sure she's still in Vegas. Why not? I'm sure she sells out the Caesars. <laughs> I don't know. We're going down on South Park, you'll moan until you whine. We're going down on South Park, this is our final rhyme. That was our final rhyme. Oh, Canada. Our home and native land. We stand on guard for thee. For thee? That's weird. We stand on guard for thee. It's kind of sweet. It is, but like... They're They're not guarding it? Well, they're not like a really militant country, you know? It's... Yeah, but every national anthem has to be some, you know. Does it? Kind of comes with the territory, unfortunately. Uh, I, you can't, like, sing about, like, oh, freedom of press. It's really, really important. And what about our human we rights? Sh- we are really good at that. Maybe that's the key to getting rid of the military-industrial complex. <laughs> you know what? Is... You're right. I should write a new fucking national anthem that doesn't have any bombs or rockets in it. Uh, didn't J.J. Abrams try? Oh, you're right. No, he just made it so you can do it however you want. Well, that's what we wanted him to do, okay. and then that's what he did. And then then, then 20 years from now, folks, 20 years. <laughs>